Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, we are live Again, it's Sunday night. Welcome back to the Sunday Roast, where we preview all things NRL Supercoach for round two, brought to you by Molten Fantasy Sports. I'm your host, Nathan Brain, and I'm joined as always by a very proud Hopgood owner this week, oh. Matty O, Supercoach Matrix. Mate, how are you going? Yeah, really, really good. I just had the best Friday night of my life. I was I was on the way to the Broncos game. I'd swerved last minute to see to captain Jermaine Hopgood and I was listening to it on the radio and they just it sounded like it was glitching. They just kept saying Hopgood, Hopgood, and Hopgood's in another tackle and Hopgood's involved and Hopgood's there and no tries and I think it was 120, 119 uh, or 124 after updates. It was 119 on the night, and then I got to the Broncos game, and they played tremendous as well, uh, beaten beaten in the local derby. That's great, mate. You've had a cracker of a of a Friday night, haven't you? You've done really yeah. well, um, and that yeah. was big balls going Hopgood captain. So full credit cool. to you. I didn't I didn't have it in me, but uh, it paid I, off big time for you. I, I I left work, and I'm just and like. One of the boys gave me a spray. He's just like, you will regret doing this. And I'm like, I, I was looking at the base and just thinking about about the opportunity that he was only 2% captained. And he made a bet with me, uh, which I got up, which really just, you know, he was going to call me a coward if I backed out of it at that point. And, yeah, I was right there. How good. Living the dream. Living the dream. Mate, so – Today's show, as we always do, what we'll do is we'll talk about our pre-update scores. So we'll give you an idea on how we went for the round. We'll talk through all eight games in a bit of depth as well, uh, based on how we've seen them. We'll, we'll go through our Supercoach booms and busts for all eight games of the round. Bit of Q&A at the end. So guys, if you if you have any questions or you know, you're not quite sure on what next week looks like, first of all, let us know how you went last, uh, last round and round two down below in the comments section. Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a shit show for the most of us so join the club <laughs> um and uh our initial trade thoughts for round three which is going to be an interesting one because i've already uh I- i'm already I-, I think i've got two trades locked and loaded already and they're two pretty interesting ones so we'll, we'll talk about them at the end just before we dive into the games hit the like hit the subscribe hit the follow regardless of whether you're watching us on youtube whether it's twitch whether it's uh facebook whether you're listening on spotify or apple or any other any of the other audible mediums, uh, make sure you follow us to get all of those future episodes locked in. Unlimited group is on the screen as well below. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, you'll see that group code underneath. Uh, if you're listening to us on the audible platforms, make sure to hop onto YouTube to see that code so you can jump in and go in the running to win that super coach ring and an episode uh, at the end of the year where you can chat 
a little bit of crap with us. Lastly, comment those scores below. Guys, let's move into Thursday's game. Panthers 16 beat the Rabbitohs 10. Pretty close game. Bit scrappy, but there's some positives to take from it from a super coach standpoint. Maddie, we'll talk about booms and busts, but booms, Stephen Crichton 85, Toto 67, Tass 66, and Garner 60. Plenty of positives to take from that because I think the two relevant ones there are Toto and Garner. Do you have either of those guys in your team at the moment? I have Brian Toto. To be completely honest, I am still – I would trade him out if I had the trade. I, I tweeted out about it. Um, he just sort of saved us with a try at the at the end, um, much like uh, my boy Katoni Staggs. They just didn't seem to be going that side. He didn't seem to be getting a lot of a lot of ball. I think it's going to be a roller coaster owning him, and I expected more, especially with Taylor May out. I expected more. Is Katoni Staggs a sell for you this week? Yep. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard when you see a guy that it just has so much upside, doesn't he? Like he, we've seen what he's done in the past over however many weeks, years it's been, where you know he can get 120, 130 points without really lifting a finger too much, and then you see him get 40s with a try, and you just think, what are you doing? Like he, he would have seen in more the 20s for this. He would have got in the 20s for the second week in a row if he didn't fall over for that try. And, like, it's great. Like, I don't want to sit here and be discounting tries. Like, he scored a try. That's great. Toto scored a try. That's great. They're center wingers. That's what they should be doing. But I just expected more. I I swerved, and I think we both need to look at ourselves after all season saying that we're not going to add guys because they're on our teams. And you've added Nofaluma, and I've added Stags, and they are our worst mistakes. 100%. 100%. I'm 100% with you. Let's. We'll talk about the Tigers a little bit later because there's a lot of emotion flowing through my veins at the moment about that game this afternoon. And we'll so. talk about the Broncos later, but we could talk about the fact that Garner has probably, for all the guys that have him, have him. he's probably earned his spot in your team for 420. Like... Okay, sorry, I'm sorry, Matty. I feel like people. I feel like he saved his spot only because people have worse problems in their team. And look, you're yeah. going to take sixty every week. Like I'm more than happy to take a four hundred and fifty, four hundred and seventy k guy. If he gets sixty for me all all year, he's going to cost you six hundred k at the end of the year. And I'm more than happy to take that. But for a guy that I mean, look, when you look at his stats, twenty nine tackles, seven tackle breaks, uh, one offload, ten runs. I mean. You take away the tackle breaks from the poor defense, and he's really scoring your forty-five, isn't he? Like, there's a. Uh, I mean, he didn't defense, really, but they weren't playing the Rabbitohs. Yeah, but that if they were playing the Tigers, weren't they? Yeah, they were. But if they were playing the Tigers, I would be agreeing with you. I'd be doing the same. And the Rabbitohs were looking ordinary, but the Panthers have looked ordinary. Like, if they're humming along, I think he can be all right. And I have been somebody that's been really critical of the Garner pick. You just wait a week on him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I don't have Ghana. I didn't start with Ghana. He's not no. a guy I'll bring in this week. Uh, so if you don't have him, I don't think he's a bring in. Oh no, Six, 60 and what forty or whatever it is isn't isn't enough to to really kind of bring him into a team. But I guess if you have him, he's pro- you probably got bigger problems in in your yeah, lineup I, at the moment. I really feel like he's a guy that I'm glad I don't own. Still, I'm sticking to my guns on that. But he is somebody that if you do own him, you're just not going to move him on. You've got bigger problems. You've probably got Ponga in your team. So, And and speaking but, of bigger problems, this guy isn't a problem at all uh, to Ruva. He, he scored 44 in, in pure base. 
mate, like I'm more than happy with that. If a, if a center wing at 280 K or whatever it is that he costs is going to get me 44 in base, 34 points in runs alone. Uh, he can sit on my bench and he can do his thing. I'd even happily play him for 45 a week at that price. Yeah, I'm playing him. I'm really happy I own him. If you don't own him, you should you should have him in your team. For lock, sure. lock and load, ride ride the wave. He's on that really really good side, uh, which we were hoping Toto would be. Which yeah is probably why we're a bit disappointed. It's hard to say we're disappointed with a sixty-seven or whatever. He, oh yeah, sixty-seven because that is a really good score, but from watching the game and how little ball he got, he did really well to get 67. I'm concerned with him on that right side outside Crichton. That's my that's my concern. I've never liked To'o out on the right side. Um, and you think, how does that make sense? Like you've got Cleary on the right. A lot of ball should go down the right, but it's just they're, they're such a right-to-left attacking team, the Penrith Panthers. And and obviously with Kikau in that squad last year, it's it's – a very big part of their makeup um, and the way that they run the ball. So, yeah, concerns for me as well, mate. But let's talk about the busts. And the one that is the pinnacle, the, and I talk about pinnacle of chasing last week points, is Lockie Ilias. He scored 19 this week. Uh, you were a guy that was spruiking him a little bit through the offseason, and I understand your point as to why you would. Uh, but, mate, he's come back down to earth pretty rapidly, hasn't he? Look, and there was good reason he was 360K. I think he's still somebody you can watch. And playing the Panthers and the Rabbitohs being pretty ordinary on the night, um, you know, he could probably be a, be a bit forgiven. You probably shouldn't have went this early on him. I don't think many people had him to start with. If you add him after last week, um, you just really weren't listening to the fact that we were saying that we have this free look you have this free look again and you've added him? No. So it is what it is. It's sort of what we expected. Um, you would have hoped that maybe it was a 40 and you get that really good price rise. So, Yeah. Yeah, tough. Mate, the, the big question, and we've got Sonny Luke who's got 29, Cleary got 40, Isaac Thompson got 24, Moali 26, Cam Murray 40. So that, there's some pretty lackluster scores in that lineup there that are pretty popular assets in Supercoach. The big question this week, do you sell Nathan Cleary knowing that he's looking at a close to 200 break even? Panthers have the buy this week. Is that a genuine option you're looking at at the moment is moving Cleary on? If you asked me this time yesterday, I would have said yes. I'm going to trade Cleary. Um, you know, Sam Walker looked really good. Um, I saw some options that oh, I could really get around, uh, but I have worse problems now than, than Nathan Cleary. If you, asked, if you asked either of us at the start of the year, we'd say, mate, we've had two bad games with Cleary. Let's not do it. But you just start to think, oh, I didn't make any trades last week. Let's Let's use one and save you know, save the cash if he drops 100K, um, if he drops 200K, if his form stays ordinary, because Nathan Cleary will bounce back. And you only lose money, like his price doesn't matter. You only lose money when you trade him out. Yeah, that's right. I think people remember, or people, sorry, forget that uh, you can hold a player all year and they can go from 800 to 400 back up to 800. And at the end of the day, if you hold them in your team the whole time, you don't lose cash. So guys like Cleary, guys like Tedesco, guys like those high-end 
quality players, Harry Grants, etc. We know that Harry Grant's going to drop cash through the origin period. Now, you've got to make a tactical decision whether you drop Harry Grant, whether you drop Nathan Cleary, whether you drop Tedesco. And at the end of the day, if you let that price rise hit and then you sell them for a less amount, yes, you lose cash. So if you hold them the whole year, you don't lose any money at all. And I, I think people forget that. People panic when they see this really high break even and they go, oh, probably should move on Nathan Cleary. He's got a 200 break even. You only lose that cash if you trade. So yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I think I might have a little bit more luxury than you do this week, but yeah, we will we will see. We'll talk about our trades at the end and what our thoughts are there. But um, yeah, plenty of questions to be asked there, mate. But um can, Michael, can I sorry, go for it. Can I touch on a couple uh cheapies from the bunnies? Uh, Shaq Mitchell, um back to back fifties in that front row forward spot, bottom dollar. Is he somebody that you're looking at? If I didn't have Davy Mowali and I had Pele or someone like that, and I, I needed to move from Pele to someone who was going to make me cash, I'd be like, yep, absolutely. Shaq Mitchell is the better option out of Mowali and, and Mitchell, really. Like yep. when you look at him, Shaq Mitchell's getting the minutes. Everything's happening around Shaq Mitchell. Um, so the way we saw Davy Mowali playing out is exactly what Shaq Mitchell's actually getting in this squad, um, yep. which is disappointing for super coaches. But yeah, it. For me, I'm not going sideways from Mawali to Mitchell. I don't think it's even worth it in that front row sport. I, I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to look at guys like uh, Davey Mawali is really slow burns. It's not really worth using a trade at this point just to go from a guy that's 234K to 260K yeah. uh, just to make an extra 40 to 60K because we need to remember that this isn't always going to happen consistently week on week either. Shaq Mitchell could easily yeah. come out and go two, lot, two sub 20s and go back to a 20-minute bench roll. And then you've just wasted a trade for basically 40K that you're going to lose in the next week. So yeah. uh, it, it is a risky trade period at the moment, but I know that we're obviously looking for value right now. But yeah, if, if you started with Shaq Mitchell, great. Or if you've got Franklin Pele, I'd go to Mitchell. But otherwise, yeah. I'd probably I'd probably stay stay strong at the moment with Moali or yeah. somebody like that. I agree with you. Um, touching on some of these other cheapies, Moali, 26. Uh, you can't be disappointed. Um, when you have a bottom dollar guy that's playing. And yeah, you're definitely right. It is going to be that slow burn. Uh, Michael Cheekham, 52, second row forward, center wing. He has been playing 80 minutes the last two weeks. I said on the podcast last week, I said Cheekham is a serious, serious option for me. I was actually considering going from To'o to Cheekham this week to free up a bit of cash so I could make some big moves this week. I didn't do it. And I'm kind of, I'm still glad I didn't do it. I'm not upset about the fact that I didn't go and waste or not waste a trade, but go and use a trade on a guy like Cheekham because obviously we need to remember Jed Cartwright's on that bench. He can easily slot onto the edge. So we don't know what that was going to look like. It was a bit of a risky play trying to guess what they were going to do with that rotation, just with all of the forwards out and everything going on over the uh, at South. So um, does he go 80 minutes again is the question because we need to obviously see what Teamless Tuesday brings, right? Yeah, I believe Jacob Host is close to coming back. I would see Jacob Host probably slotting back into the middle and then maybe someone shifting to an edge. Um, yeah. We know Jai, just Jai wonder, Arrow's out too. I just wonder if he's pushing his, you know, if you start renovating that bench, then it could just mean some minutes for Cheekham. Just implications of another guy coming back in. And Cheekham's not a guy as a coach 
you would want starting 80 minutes on an edge, Izzy, in your team. I mean, like, let's be honest, like Cheekham, good quality player in his own right, but he's a he's a 14 at best. Um, you, you mean you mean as a coach, not as a super coach? Because as a super, as coach, a super I coach, want him, I want him 80 minutes on the bench. I want him 80 minutes out there. Yeah, yeah. Mate, as soon as you find a player that's got 80 minutes on the bench, you let me know because uh, I'm all for it. Sonny Luke. Popular downgrade option for Brandon Smith. Everybody was talking about the fact they were going to bring Sonny Luke in this week, around three for the cash grab because he got 57 in 25 minutes or whatever it was in round one. And then he's gone and got us, what was it, 29 in 47 minutes in round two, which is really disappointing. Um, that's kind of ruined my plans because he would have been a great downgrade option for Brandon Smith, who we'll talk about soon. I'm disappointed, and I was having a little bit of a look at him. It's just a wait and see. Uh, you don't have to go super early um, right now. You can just sit there, watch what happens. If he takes a bit more of a role off Mitch Kenny, he's definitely a play. Yeah, Brandon Smith. Honestly, I can see him missing time. And if he doesn't miss time, he'll be playing a little bit hampered. He'll be playing a little bit unfit. Um, he won't be 100%. And we know that rib injuries linger over time, probably even two, four, six weeks. We saw what it ha- what happened to Joseph Tarpany last year with his rib injury. We know rib cartilage injuries are, are, are brutal in terms of contact sport. So we need to consider that. Uh, and we know Brandon Smith doesn't take uh, doesn't take a step back, does he? he he's going to go in there and he's going to have a crack. So he could easily re-injure that, uh, that rib or the back, whatever it is that he's got going on. Um, so... He's, a, he's on the sell list for me this week, and I, I'd probably recommend that everybody looks at uh, either a downgrade or an upgrade option around him as well. I'm not sure Sonny Luke is the answer. I'm hoping that I would have the cash to go an upgrade, um, holding on to some guys that you have a little bit more expensive. I do classically like to spend up in, in hooker. It's a really consistent position. Uh, but let's have a look. I just the solution for me isn't Sonny Luke for the cheese issue. Yeah, not at the moment, unfortunately. If he banged out another sixty in fifty minutes, yes, absolutely, I'd be, I'd, I'd be, be in. I'd it be seems in. like let's... Mitch Kenny is taking a lot of minutes there at at Penrith at the moment, early on in the season. I know that'll change. I think that will change moving forward. But we just need to wait and see and and see a bit of consistency with minutes there. Um. Steve scratched his way to a thousand. Pretty solid effort considering I missed a thousand this week. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, he's done well there. And and Justin's asking me if I've only got any West Tigers jerseys left, and I do not. Um, Steve also says Karaz, Reese Walsh, and Reed Marnie are some guys that he's looking at to bring in this week. And we'll we'll cover all three of those guys. I know you're very excited to talk about Reese Walsh, Maddie. So we'll we'll leave that one to you. I've got um, ghost bubs. But, mate, let's move on to the Friday night, 6 p.m. game. Eels 26, lost to the Sharks 30. And I don't know whether there was a set of defense played in this whole game. It was brutal to watch. There was just points galore, wasn't there? Yeah, it just kept going back and forth. I got to watch the replay on Saturday morning. Uh, It was obviously quiet at work. And they just, every, it just seemed to just keep going back and forth. And they were scoring from the from the 40-meter line, from the 50-meter line. There wasn't a lot of defense apart from your boy, Jermaine Hopgood. I actually don't know how the Eels lost this. Talk to us about your boy, Hopgod, because it's hashtag Hopgod now. 124, did it on his dick, really, didn't he? He did. 
no try either. It was fantastic. I, I I just sit there and watched him, and he was just involved in everything. He was just the catalyst behind so much. He was the first up tackling, and I know he's a 298K. I don't think I've ever captained a guy that's sub 300K, but if you don't have Hopgood, you have to. It is a must-have. Delete the app if you're thinking about not having Hopgood because we are going to get the fantastic price rises. He's just turned up twice in a row and he's 298K. Have you? Do you remember the last time that you would have saw, saw a guy for sub 300K get 124 in round two and be a genuine captain option? Because, I, no. I mean, let's, let's take maybe a step back 10, 15 years. I probably still don't even remember a guy that you could confidently captain each week from round two in his, in his probably what would you call this his full rookie year? Cause uh, he didn't play a ton of games last year for Penrith. No, I would, I would nearly call him his rookie year. Some of the guys that said that they didn't have hop good, probably didn't. They were big football fans, but they weren't sort of following the super coach podcasts and that they were saying they just didn't really know who he was. Um, and they rectified the mistake of not having him in round two and they were rewarded. So. Mate, Troy Vickers uh, ripping India saying that he said, nice captains choice, but he can't believe you didn't break a thousand. Um, I can't believe I didn't break a thousand, but I saw the writing on the wall when, when Ponga went down and yeah, it was, tough. it's disappointing. I had such a good first three days when it come to come to footy. And today was, today was a bit of a downer brought, brought me back to earth. It did for everybody, I think. Um, yeah. Mate, so Hopgod, 124. Uh, Will Kennedy got 106 with a hat-trick. <laughs> I don't know whether to be excited about that or disappointed. Uh, Dylan Brown, 105. Nicora, 92. Trindle, 76. Sevo Moses, Regan Campbell-Gillard, all 80-plus. So there's a lot of points scored in this game, considering there was 56 points scored in the actual game itself. Now, Brown and Moses, are they back to their best? Do you feel like Brown and Moses, regardless of the Parramatta draw, are options moving forward? Not yet. They still have a pretty ordinary draw. We expected the Sharks to have Nico and therefore be a bit better. Not that the defense is a big play in that, but maybe there would have been a bit more possession and that for the Sharks. I think this was just a shootout and all your high upside attacking players did really well this game. This is going to be a little bit of an anomaly. You know what? It just makes up for their absolute stinker the week before, super coach wise. You're just back to square one, and it'd just be like making a decision in the offseason right now if you are looking to move to them. I would look towards a price rise from somebody else. Remember when I said last week in Team List Tuesday that uh, Moses lost his first, his 50th, his 100th, his 150th? He, he lost his 200th. So, mate, I'm, I'm big on uh, superstition and, and statistics like that. And it looks like he didn't deliver. So uh, the trend continues for Mitchie Moses. 250th, keep an eye out for that and just back the other team. <laughs> yes, yes. I do know you want to talk about the Cardi party. I do. I do because I didn't take him and I'm pissed off about it. I'm actually really <laughs> frustrated that I took Matty Dory over Bryce Cartwright. And... Look, don't get me wrong, they've both been okay. Uh, when we look at uh, what Matty Dory has been able to do, I think he got 41 this week, which isn't terrible at 234K. You, 
yeah, that's right. Uh, and look, at the end of the day, I'd be pissed off if he got less than 30 or something. But like, he's getting me 41. I think he got 37 last week or 38. There's yeah. much worse options and bigger problems in my team right now than a guy that's 234K getting me 40. So, um, but yeah, Cartwright's been fantastic, hasn't he? He's been, what, 59 and 58, I think, the last two weeks. So he's going to be a, a good little cash grab for people. But I, I would caution people to pick him up this week knowing how close Ryan Madison is to returning for the Parramatta Reels and obviously how we, we don't know what's going on with Sean Lane either they're being they're keeping their cards pretty close to their chest there so definitely When's not Maddo a bring in this week four? yes Maddo so he missed the first three, three weeks games. yep yeah so he's back round four for sure we don't know whether he slots onto an edge yet or whether he plays through the middle or, or whatever happens but I can guarantee you he won't be starting in the 13 jersey Matty he's uh he'll be either coming off the bench playing through the middle or he'll be playing on an edge yeah and you have him on the edge and then you've got Sean Lane coming back I wonder if they just leave Cartwright there until Lane's back they work Matto back in off the bench you'd be pretty off him if I've said it before you'd be pretty off him if you were a teammate you'd be pretty off him if you were the coaching staff and he just basically said that he didn't want to play the first three games of the season I think he'll come off the bench yeah I I agree with you I'm with you on that one mate but uh last one on the booms is uh Tricky Trindle you got 76. Now, if Nico Hines got you 76, you'd be upset. But if uh, Braden Trindle got you 76, you'd be pretty stoked if you had him in your squad. But he's yeah, not. Gonna get he, price rise. He's not a cash grab for you now, though, is he? Surely. No, no. And I see Troy asking it in the comments. I'm not looking at Trindle. You have know my opinion of him anyway. This was a shootout, and he was the halfback for the Sharks in a team that put 30 on. And last week he was on 40 after like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then he finished on 45. I would be, yeah, if if I'm looking for somebody that I can genuinely play, which I am, I'm not looking at Trendle. Yeah, I mean, look, Steve's asking whether there's a chance that when Hines comes back, Trindle goes into 5'8", considering Moylan's been a little bit lackluster, but I don't see them dropping Moylan. That's that's a pretty stiff ask, isn't it? Like, Trindle's basically a placeholder until Nico Hines comes back, and I, I, I don't think he's an option if you didn't start with him. If you took the risk and you started with him, great. He'll probably get two price rises, but Nico Hines is due back in, what, round four, I think? Round five at absolute worst. So, I mean, there is a risk, and people are talking about the fact maybe he comes back after their buy. Um, but there's so much up in the air about that, and nobody knows. They're not really being transparent about Nico's injury and when he's coming back and what their plan is behind that. So, See, the guy probably they're talking about is, is, is his day-to-day, week-to-week. I saw that. I saw that. May as well put in month to month just to be sure. That is not an update. I'm sorry. No. He's they're taking the piss. They're taking the piss, aren't they? Um yeah, it's not no. So Trindle's no go. Oh, I'm happy to wait until Nico Hines. Whatever happens there. There's there's some good options in halfback that we'll talk about soon as well. Um but I don't think I don't think that's an option. There's a couple guys that come back down to earth with this game too. Teague Wilton. 51, you're not going to be super unhappy with it. Uh, and Josh Hodgson, 35. Those people that went early on Hodgson probably didn't watch the game. I thought he looked pretty ordinary in the first game, and I was amazed when I saw that he'd scored 60. Stunk it up, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Teague with 
Teague with 51, I probably just expected that the way that this was a massive shootout that maybe he would have got over for a try. Yeah, Teague was a little bit underwhelming, but in saying that, it's 51 from a guy that yeah. costs 490K. Like, we've got bigger problems. He's priced at that. He's priced less than that. So I'll take that. I've got bigger problems in my squad than worrying about Teague Wilton's 51. So um, that's not a concern for me. But I'll tell you what, for the people looking at Hodgson or the people that jumped in on Hodgson last week, he got 41 tackles last game and scored 35. So uh, one try contribution as well. So there's 45 points right there. He had one error and six missed tackles in that game. And that's it. Not one attacking stat in this whole game. So his job right now from uh, from Brad Arthur is to say, you pick the ball up off the deck and you get it in Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown's hands. And that is all you do. I don't want you doing anything else. You tackle and you pass the ball. Thanks. Um, and I don't want a player like that in my squad. So no. not super coach friendly. Uh, mate, Siona Katawa got 21 in that game as well um, after his 60 last week. Let me tell you who stunk the place up. I could smell him from uh, Campbelltown was so- uh, Bailey Simonson. Now, he got 33, but if you watch the game and you watch the actual game and you watch the NRL and you understand the NRL, Bailey Simonson had probably one of the worst games I've ever seen. I think there was four errors. Uh, He just hadn't – he couldn't actually catch a ball. He ended up in front of Mitchell Moses when he was trying to get pass out. Like, it it was just a shocker. And you can tell Bailey Simonson's been out of the game for a bit. He's coming back from an injury. He's obviously been training in the non-contact squad in preseason for a while. But God, man, he's going to be lucky to keep his spot with you when you've got guys that are banging down the door on the wing uh, at Parramatta this season. That's what that's what I thought. I thought I think they'll give him a bit of a leeway because he is coming back from an injury. But he looked super ordinary. The Eels just lost again. I'd be worried. I'd be worried if I was him after that performance. Big time. Hayes Dunster, we know he's not not far away and they like him over there. So, um, yeah, Simon's going to have to pick up his game, I think. But, uh, mate, Friday, 8 p.m., your boys. The Broncos 28 beat the Cowboys 16. What a, what a good game that was. That was a banger of a game to watch. And obviously the Cowboys just didn't turn up for this one, but the Broncos absolutely did. And I'll tell you who did turn up for this game. Reese Walsh, 105 points. How good was he? Genuinely, every time he touched the ball, the stadium gasped. It was, I don't, I completely it was get magical. That. It's the best best club debut I've ever seen. He was quality, wasn't he? Just in everything. Just wanted to be in everything. And um, then he ended up scoring a try and looking like Superman over the. And then he cramped up <laughs> in the calf at the end there. Uh, mate, is, is Reese Walsh a genuine downgrade option for Tedesco? Because I'd argue yes. that he probably is. Yes, he is. I I'll tell you what, I'm very doing I think he can keep doing this. Oh, no doubt. I have no doubt that he can keep doing that. I think the, the, the one like kind of bummer is that he doesn't have the goal kicking this year. But, I mean, look, hey, do we trust Adam Reynolds to play full season? Do we trust Adam Reynolds to either like tweak a groin or whatever it is that he's got going on at the moment because we know he's carrying that injury? Uh, we know Walsh is the second-choice kicker in that team, so that would be a great little top-off. I mean, we don't even really need him to kick. But if he did, mate. He's, he's almost a must-have at this point. It's super hard. You would have remembered <laughs> – that's what she said. Um, you would have remembered me talking about the Broncos podcast and saying that Reese Walsh was one of my first added, and then him being out for round one just 
I just locked in Tedesco. I locked in Turbo and I was like set and forget, but this is very tempting. I do think Tedesco to Walsh is a luxury trade at this point though. I think you've probably got bigger issues in your team unless you're Steve and you're over a thousand this week. I think you've got bigger issues than, than Tedesco. Tedesco looked really good and we're going to touch on that later. But you've got bigger issues. Uh, Reese Walsh isn't going to get 105 every week. But I, there's a lot of upside there for 540. He could get 70 every week. And, he could get 70 uh, every moment, week. He could get at 70 the moment, plus. Teddy isn't. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Mate, Ezra Mam is a guy that uh, has been nearly getting 70 every week. He's not suffering from second-year syndrome at all, is he? He's, he's, he's involved. He was involved in, involved in everything too. Oh, he's very, very quick. Uh, had that other trial, try disallowed, and we're talking about a ton for him. Otherwise, if you've got him, you're really happy. And is it was a genuine downgrade option for for Munster? Maybe if you've got Brown or someone, I'd be really happy with that sideways across to across to Mam. Save a little bit of money. All the Broncos looked really good. Really, like Farnworth looked good. Hass just does what Hass does. Um, all those other, you know, Paddy Carrigan again with a 63. Yeah, they just look really, really good. They look solid like they did last year. So let's hope they can continue that form this year. Um, mate, the guy that we were not a fan of in the preseason was Jeremiah Nanai. He scored 30 in the first game. And uh, this time he scored two tries and scored 74. So if you take those two tries out this week, he scores 30 again. And that's what you're going to get with Nanai. You're relying on this guy falling on falling on the ball in the end goal off a kick. Um, and then, you know, he's got one line break and he's got two tries. So look, 74 with two tries is it's pretty disappointing, really, personally, for me. Um, I'm not a fan of picking up a guy that needs to get two tries to get plus 70. The last two games I've watched Jeremiah Nanai play live, he scored five tries, though. <laughs> So you need to stop going to Nanai games. That's what we've uh, deduced. Unless you're going to pick him up. If you pick him up, you let me know, and then uh, I'll, I'll get him in my team for sure. No, and he was the – he doesn't look that good when he when he doesn't have it. He did just bust over, and at least he got the uh, line break on that one. But there's not too much really to talk about with the Cowboys apart from the fact that Nanai scored two tries. They looked really ordinary. They started really well. They've started really well both weeks in a row. And the coach has got to look at, you know, is it fitness? I'm I'm not sure. But they went to water two weeks in a row. And I know that they won in Canberra, but they're up like 18 nil. Um Cotter's a workhorse. I'm not super worried about Val Holmes. They played against the team that was the best best on the night. Um, the Broncos were right up there at the top of the table. I'm a bit concerned about Reese Robson with 45, though. Yeah, I mean, look, he had no attacking stats either, so that's 44 or 45 in base, like pure base, like all tackles, really. Like, he didn't do anything with the ball. Um, so I'm not overly concerned. If I was a Robson hold uh if i was a robson owner i'd hold him i'd probably got bigger problems but i mean 44 he'll probably go and get 60 next week and then you you don't need to think about him for a couple of weeks so i wouldn't be overly worried i'll tell you the bloke i'm very worried about is uh scotty drink bolter he's uh facing three to four weeks on the sidelines maddie and uh mate that could mean good things for val holmes owners could be moving to fullback for the next month if i didn't have val i would be looking to to add him peter hicko obviously is not the answer that was awful 
drop too cold. It was it was wet. But, but I mean, sorry, you're a professional footballer. Like, yeah. and and also, have you caught a footy ball before? You caught a Steeden? Like, yeah. sorry, they're they're pretty grippy. Like, let's be honest. So, uh, uh, Hiku almost looked like a liability out there at fullback. It, it looked like the team was probably ten times worse with him at fullback. And honestly, I'd I'd be questioning whether he comes in or stays and keeps his spot in the next month based on what that looked like the other day. So plenty of concerns. I'm not even sure why Todd Payton's putting him at fullback when you've got Val Holmes, who's very capable of going straight back into fullback. Uh, yeah, for I, I honestly can't work it out. It happened there, and we're watching, and we're like, that's Hiku playing fullback. They have Val Holmes. That makes no sense. No sense at all. But again, I mean, we saw what he did with Taumalolo last year, and that didn't make much sense either. So, I mean, let's, let's just see what happens next. Year. Well, you never know. Val Holmes might move into the front row. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll play some more guessing games. At least the silver lining for Scott uh, Drink Ginger Ale owners <laughs> are that it didn't affect his price this week. So you have a free out. Congratulations. See him in five weeks when he comes back from his suspension after towelling up Corey Oates out there. Um, yeah, that I was brutal, wasn't it? Poor Corey Oates. I don't know how that wasn't a penalty try. Yeah, jumped into him, didn't he? And just clocked him in the shoulder. Uh, sorry, clocked him in the jaw, broken jaw, displacement fracture as well, which is brutal. That's like, so when you, your jaw breaks on one side of the jaw and then the other side. So like, you've actually got a complete floating bone in the jaw, which is, oh, that's that's brutal. Poor Corey Oates out for eight weeks. So He's um, one of the toughest so blokes you'll see out there as well. And he stayed you could, down. You could tell that he wanted to stay out there too. He wasn't exactly thrilled about coming off. So yeah, tough, real tough. But again, uh, who comes into the side now, Matty, on the on the wing there for him? Jesse Arthurs, and he looked fantastic as soon as he was out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, is he an option? Is he somebody you're going to look at? Because I saw you put on Twitter. Are we thinking about him? I again, I probably have bigger issues, but it would be a luxury trade to downgrade to Jesse Arthur's. I think he's 340k. Uh, he got 40 in what, like 30 minutes off. Yeah, he looked really good. He looks like he'll slot right back in. He will get a price rise straight away because he played round one um, due to the Reese Walsh injury. I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Mate, let's move on. Roosters versus the Warriors. Roosters beat the Warriors 20 to 12. I'll tell you what, it wasn't convincing in the slightest. Um, the booms are Jackson Bolo, 91. Uh, Sam Walker, 92. Wade Egan, 88. Uh, near, and, sorry, I'm going to leave this next one for last. Suwali, or Suwali'i, sorry, 81. Uh, Adam Fanua, Blake, 79. Tohu, 72. And where's the drum roll? We need a drum roll here. Uh, Murata Niakore, 82 points. How good was it to see Murata Niakore let loose and just get involved? And this is the perfect example of why you let your guys run around another week and you don't react around one. He was he was a lot of, top shelf. A lot of people were trading him out too. And that's what we were stressing. Let's just have another look. If he gets another 30, he would have been on the chopping block for me this week too. Jackson Ford went down, and we probably just didn't get the best look. And, and and Curran's out as well. We probably just didn't get the best look at the minutes rotation. But hey, we're gonna 
we're going to be riding the Neocore right? He's 419k and he just banged you out an 82. Uh, congratulations if you had him. For sure. So we've we've done pretty well, mate. We're riding the Neocore train. So I'm more than happy to, to take him into the sunset. Um, mate, Sammy Walker is the guy that everyone will be talking about after this round. He scored 92 and uh, Cleary flopped with 40. So is Sam Walker the perfect Cleary swap with the Penrith buy coming up in round three? If somebody asked me at, at the wedding I was at yesterday and I said I was going to do it, that was until Pong is, Pong is out and I've been forced another trade. I really liked the move. Sam Walker was humming along. Like you said, the Roosters didn't look that good. I got to watch it on replay today. And Sam Walker was the catalyst. Uh, I tell you what, don't you just... That play with Joseph Suolihi and Tedesco on the inside is probably the worst thing I've seen on a football field since Corey Oates' jaw. So it was a day. But it was the worst attitude about anything. And Sam Walker has got up, and I just love that kid now. Mate, Sam, I'm so glad Sam Walker's in my team. I'm going to hold him all year just for the reaction. After scoring He's... a try, I've never seen somebody drop a C-bomb on his own player after scoring a try off a try assist. Oh, yeah. it was see you next Tuesday. He wasn't stoked, was he? And, and look, rightly so, because there's big concerns there. I'm not sure what the what what's going on in the relationship between Suwili and Tedesco, or whether there's anything there. I don't want to create a media beat up or anything like that. But when you're not passing to your open, wide open fullback under the posts, on a break, could be the best player in the game one. too. Probably could the be the best, best player in the game. game. Yeah, I'm going to call him the best fullback in the game. And uh, you're not passing to him under the post, mate. That is a that is a big drama. So that that's a that's a big problem. And I know that Tedesco owners would have been pulling their hair out. And I was feeling pretty good about that until Dewey did nothing this afternoon. So uh, it's a that was a shame. But yeah, big problems there for the Roosters. They they didn't look good at all. And there seems to be co- cohesion issues there at, at, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, are you concerned as a Tedesco owner? I know you just talked about Reese Walsh and maybe a, maybe a downgrade option. Look, that's a luxury option. You've said it a fair bit tonight. It's it's a luxury trade for me. If I'm trading out Teddy, I, I, honestly, I would probably look to trade out Cleary before I would trade out Teddy this week, only because Cleary has the buy. I've got 900K sitting on my bench. I'm not a huge fan of that. Rather than and, and then look, Teddy next week, if he flops next week and drops a bit of coin, I might trade him out then. But I, I'm going to back Teddy, one of the most proven players in our game, to go and find some form somehow because if for anybody who watched this game if you're looking at the stats you probably think teddy 59 is a bit underwhelming but if you watch the game he could have scored 130 so he had two tries pretty much burgled from him you know the suwali'i one was one of them but then he also basically dropped one cold off sam walker um so he could have had two tries add 34 points to that plus a couple of line breaks he would have had too so there's 50 60 points just off two plays, he could have easily had 110, 120 without doing anything. So yeah, I'm not then, overly and then people, are, And then people are adding him instead of talking about trading him out. Spot on. If you have Cleary and you touched on it real quickly, if you had Cleary and Tedesco this week, at least Tedesco's playing next week. That's true. That's my that's my thinking is that, you know, uh, Cleary's not playing next week, 900 grand on the bench. Uh, Teddy is. So I'm not overly worried. In saying that, Teddy's versus Souths, 
So, you know, that there is merit there to go with both. And look, if you've got the luxury where you don't have any other problems in your squad at the moment, you could easily t- trade Cleary and Teddy this week. You could go Teddy down to Reese Walsh and you could go Cleary down to Sam Walker. And, mate, you, you'd free up probably 600K there. You could you could turn Cheese into Harry Grant with that as well. And and the rest. And the rest. Yep. There's plenty you could do with that cash. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be all for that. Uh, mate, the last thing I want to talk about with the booms here is Wade Egan. Had an absolute banger. He scored 88 points. And he scored 99 the week before this. So, is Wade Egan the guy that you just go, yep, you know what? Brandon Smith going to lose a ton of cash next week. Could even be out next week. Probably a good chance he is. Uh, is Wade Egan the nice little sideways trade here to make yourself 100K? I don't hate it. I was talking to you off camera about it and having a look like the Warriors played, you know, the Knights, I consider them a subpar team and scored 99. I wasn't overreacting, but he scored 89 against the Roosters. Pretty solid. 40 odd tackles. Um, He scored a try, obviously, in the last two weeks straight. So he's not going to do that every round, but he's looked pretty good. He's been in the thick of it. He hasn't even played 80, and that doesn't matter clearly, does it? So no. um, he's, a, he's a pretty good option at the moment. If you're not going up to Harry Grant, I'd say Wade Egan is the guy that you're going to go sideways to for, for cheese because yep. Sonny Luke would be the, the main target there, but unfortunately you just didn't get the minutes we were looking for this round. What? Do you, what tell me about Tohu Harris. Mate, if I didn't have any other problems going on in my squad, I would probably even consider going Ruben Cotter up to Tohu. Seems a little bit yeah. sideways at the moment, but Tohu's getting 80 minutes in the middle at lock and Ruben Cotter's getting about 49 to 52 minutes uh, at the Cowboys. And yes, the, the draw's great. We always know about the draw for the Cowboys, but in saying that, like if you're spreading the ball left to right and you're playing a lot laterally, which the Cowboys are obviously because they know that they're playing against weaker squads, how much work is Ruben Cotter going to get through? One point per minute, that's all, that's all well and good, but where are the attacking stats? We're not seeing them at the moment. So... They did play Tohu's the Mighty Broncos great. this week, so you've got to you've got to cut him some slack there. You've got to adjust for that, do you? You've got to play the Broncos. You just take twenty off their score. <laughs> I think you can have a look at Harris because he played against the Knights and what he bang out ninety. Uh, played against a really good team, banged out seventy. Like it plays plays an ordinary team might might get close to a ton. You know, plays some of these really good teams might get sixty or seventy. You bank that, especially in a front row forward. But he's also dual, we need to remember, which creates that flexibility. He's a front row, second row dual. And um, Cotter isn't. A lot of front rowers aren't. I know Joseph Tarpany is, obviously, but he scored less points. Uh, I reckon, correct me if I'm wrong, probably about 30 points less uh, so far over the first two rounds. Mate Tohu, I said it at the start of the year, he was my smoky this year. I, you know, And I'm going to call you out here and say that you didn't back me on this one. but I did. Mate, is Tohu going to be the guy that goes back to that 70 average kind of player that he was in 2018, 2019? And I'm, I'm going to say he is. And based off what we've seen, could be. So the problem is you're not going to really go sideways at the moment because people have other problems on their team. So I just want to touch on, I just want to touch on Mitch Barnett before we get into some busts here. Mitch Barnett looks great. Looks like a genuine option as well. I just think we have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Barnett probably moves to the edge when Jazz Tavanga comes back as well. We need to remember. So he gets a lot of work in the middle. Does he continue to get that work? I don't think he does. Um, yeah, okay. Great. Uh, he's a watch. He's an absolute watch. Don't get me wrong. 
And I've had a few conversations on Twitter with a few blokes about the fact that maybe Mitch Barnett stays in the middle when Jazz Tavanga comes back. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm probably predicting that he doesn't. I'm probably predicting that he moves back to the left edge and Jackson Ford shifts back. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Let's Busts, talk mate. about some. Yeah, Jackson Ford's Stinky. one of them. Yeah, well, I mean, he couldn't really help it, could he? I mean, Jackson Ford and both Charles Nickel Klockstad uh, got ruled out with HIA. No true indication there of really what their rotation looks like at the Warriors now, which is a little bit annoying, isn't it? Because I was hoping to see whether Jackson Ford got 80 minutes and and uh, how that looked with Curran and, and all that. But then Curran obviously ended up playing extra minutes and then ended up with a hip injury. So we're still not going to get a good idea next week about what their true rotation looks like. Hopefully Ford then passes HIA. But again, that kind of ruins any sort of price rise opportunity you were looking for from Ford. So if Curran, If Curran's out as well... I worried if he did have that injury, which is why he was sort of playing 19 minutes anyway. And that's worrying for Ford and probably near Corey to a, to a certain extent. We always expected him to be that 80 minute guy and look like Ford was going to be. Uh, but yeah, we just don't get that second look. Yeah, Nia Corey spent 15 minutes off the field with a HIA as well, so we need to keep that in mind as well. 82 with six in 65 minutes with that nice little line break and the try assist there through the middle, which is great. We know Nia Corey can do that, so there's no issues there. But does Ford move into the middle? I don't know whether he can. So my question is, like, Ford is essentially exclusively an edge. He's an edge forward, right? We know that Nia Corey can play in the middle when he needs to, and we know he can play on an edge. So I'm a little bit less worried about Nia Corey than I am Ford, which is why I didn't move on Ford last week, and I'm really glad I didn't. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, it's it's a little bit tricky, but obviously people that got Jackson Ford this week, perfect example of why you don't jump a week early, um, which is unfortunate for these people, but oh, we've lost somebody. We lost Maddie, but we'll push on. Um yeah, it's a perfect example of why you don't go a week early for Jackson Ford. I've, and Matty is back. I, I feel a bit better about the fact that I uh, didn't start with CNK now. Yeah, big time. I, I was a little bit worried about that, to be honest with you. CNK, like, I was so close. I was talking to you throughout the week about how I was going to go to oh, down to CNK, and I'm so glad I didn't. And look, it's not his fault, but Jesus. It just shows you how how volatile NRL is and NRL super coach in general because you can pick a player up, they look good, and then they end up out of the game with the head injury. So pretty brutal for him. Yep. Um, injuries as well. The cheese. This is going to be the big one, being how, how owned he is. He now has a rolling 10 in his average. Yeah, he's almost a see you later for me. Um, actually, no, he is. I'm going to tell you right now, he's out of my team this week. And the reason for that is the fact that I know that rib injuries linger. And we've seen it a number of occasions last year that rib injuries, they hang around for a while. It's a concern. Um, It hinders performance on the field. And we saw that he was clearly, it was clearly a big issue for him. He tried to come back on the field and got needled up and still couldn't manage it. Uh, whereas a lot of the time we see in these injuries, they, they can come back. They get needled up and they're back and they're back on the field and they have a crack. Whereas Brandon Smith couldn't even get it back on the field and we know how tough this guy is. So that's a that's a big issue for me. So he's out this week. I'm just trying to work out for me who I go to, whether it's Egan or whether I free up cash elsewhere and just go straight up to Harry Grant. I really like that. I think Egan, Egan was really good. But if you do have to free up some cash elsewhere, then Harry Grant is one that we have talked about, the fact that we would just love to own him. So, 
Big time. Mate, let's move on. Um, guys, just before we, we move on into the next lot of games, don't forget to ask us a question. If you have any questions about round three or what that looks like, drop them below, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, whatever it is. Drop the comment. We'll see it. We'll pop it up on the screen at the end in the Q&A section, and we will answer them all before we wrap up. Um, and let us know how you went last week. I'm sure you probably knocked us off this week. I was feeling pretty good about my score this week at, uh, at the start at about 2 or 3 p.m. today. Pretty bloody brutal, to be honest with you, because I was looking at about 1060 and I ended up with, I think it was 970 or something like that, which was tough. No, 984 I finished on. We didn't mention that at the start, Matty. How'd you, how'd you finish? I finished just sub 1,000, I think. Um, as Even with that start, I got really, really gypped today. I'd ponger down and... Sorry, it's just loading up. You put me on the spot no, there. You're all good. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I got 984 and I won all five of my leagues. So if that gives you any indication of how tough this round was, um, it seems like a thousand is probably par score or a bit above par at this point. So anybody not ups- or anybody kind of upset with their thousand should be pretty happy with it. Yeah, I got 952, and coming in today, it looked like I was going to tidy up 1100 fairly convincingly. So, yeah. Tough man, super coach is brutal. Let's move into Saturday, five thirty. Dolphins beat the Raiders twenty to fourteen. How bloody good! Dolphins two from two, leading the leading the uh, the group there at the top. Now there's a few guys to talk about. The booms here: Tommy Gilbert eighty, Hamiso seventy nine, Joey Tapene sixty four, Kotrick sixty one, uh, and I put Isaiah Katoa in this list at forty six at basement price. That's the reason why he's there. You'd be bloody stoked with a guy that's cost you 200k basement price to get you a 46 and 58 so all half yeah got a couple got a couple of 45s as well there's yep. going to be a price rise it's going to be good yep 100 mate tommy gilbert 60 minutes he played in lock uh, i think he switched between lock and prop so uh regardless though he was impressive with the try um basically just choke slammed uh i think it was who who, who was it that was playing fullback there um uh, it might have been Sebastian Chris. Sebastian Chris. Yeah, playing fullback there, and he just basically choke slammed him and put the ball down in the in goal. So it's quite he, quite funny. He looked really good, and I think he's going to get that sort of fifty to fifty-five average. So yeah, if you've got him, you're just super happy that he was able to pull away with a try. And he does. They look great. The Dolphins, they look like a really good footy team. And, yeah, I nearly need to make a formal apology to Uncle Wayne after uh, how much we bagged him out in the in the preseason. I'm, I'm with you. If I, say, if I say I still don't really believe that they're the real deal, I'm just – there's just something that's got me thinking that, you know, there's some, there's some tougher times ahead. But, hey, you're very happy if you're a Dolphins supporter. And I know You've just got to ride the wave, don't you? You just yeah. got to enjoy it, don't you? Like brand new team in the comp. Just just enjoy the wins. Enjoy the wins against quality teams. And uh, whatever happens, happens in the future. You're playing better than the Tigers. So, I think I think Hammer's done enough. I think I Hammer's was about done to enough. say that he is the center wing cash cow of round three. Yep. He's the only guy that's shown us two quality back-to-back performances in a row. And you can automatically guarantee that you will get two price rises from this guy, which is essentially what you're looking for in round three. Because, I mean, we've got guys like Chance Nickel Clockstad who got 70-odd in the first game, and then what What did he get in the second? Nine or ten or whatever it was? Through, to no, through no fault of his own. Not at all. Hammer's a better option. For sure. 
like I said, he was the one I wanted to bring in aside from Hammer. But Hammer's actually looked in everything. He just wanted to be in everything. He was involved in everything. Um, and look, if the Dolphins end up being a half decent team, he's he's the guy, isn't he? Like he's the guy that's going to get you 200, 300K. So um, Hamiso could be the guy that comes into my team. And at the moment he is for me. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But Joey Tapane, 65 in 47 minutes. The guy's just a PPM beast. And we knew this from the start of the season. So um, you're ahead in the bolt a bit there, aren't you? I wish Ricky just played him some more minutes. We know that he starts off slow, though. I said it at the start of the season. I've said it through the preseason. We, he starts his his minutes are always lower to start the season, and he'll work he'll work into fifty five to sixty minutes in the middle of the season. And we're just going to pick out when the right time is to grab him. And I reckon in the next probably three to four weeks will be the time to snap him up. The right time to play this guy some more minutes is when you're getting beaten by the new team in the comp, though. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But uh, it doesn't yeah. look like it. Doesn't um, look like it. Mark Mark Nichols again impressed with a with a good score. Yeah, he was solid. I mean, last week we said he's not going to score a try every week. He didn't this week, but he still looked pretty good in terms of work rate, didn't he? Um, I'd probably argue though that there's better options at front row forward. So I don't know how long he can keep that up. Yeah, true. And I definitely think Hammer's a better option than Jermaine Asako, um, having scored the same over two weeks. A bit more consistency with Hammer. I see Asako just ticked over. He was, I think, he got updated uh, for an extra ten points. But hey, if the if the Dolphins keep humming along, you're going to get a couple of good price rises. And if you went early on him, uh, which I think every podcaster or everybody that watches football thought. You know, that's probably too early, but yeah, you're rewarded. You'd be happy. You're probably not happy with 48. If you're adding him after he scored 110, you're probably expecting him to get 100 again. Again, you're looking at a 76 average now with the Sarko. Yeah. So Hammer's got 80 and 79. Uh, Yeah, Hammer's a much better option than a Sarko. Yeah, agree with you. Mate, JMK got binned. Jeremy Marshall King got sent to the sin bin with a hip drop. He'll miss multiple weeks. So he's looking at two weeks uh, with a guilty plea. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether Ray Stone comes back into that lineup to play a little bit of hooker. He would, he's got to be the next option. I don't really know what happened. Like he didn't have the best game, but Ray Stone was out of favor. Yeah. Okay. Injured. So, um, we'll see if if he's fit for next week. Like we'll have to have a look at how much he's suspended, but you could get a price rise out of Ray Stone while, while he's out. It looked pretty ordinary. Yeah. It didn't look good. Did it? Two to three weeks, I'd say, is what he's looking at, which is a little bit awkward. And, you probably need to get one price rise out of him, so yeah, not ideal. Um, Mate, Ricky, Ricky Rule ruined everybody else from the Raiders, so I was just going to say, let's just brush over the Raiders because you know there's there's lots of forties and fifties and middling scores because they get middling minutes. So yeah, yeah, good shout, Corey Howard. We are Naira is the only guy that I was going to mention, but he got seventy three minutes and but still only got sub fifty, so not. Not ideal for me, but mate, let's move on to the one of the the very big talking points of this weekend is the Saturday seven thirty storm uh, losing to the Bulldogs twenty six twelve. Now, I'll tell you what, this is the biggest surprise of the weekend for me is to see the Bulldogs go to Amy Park, which is supposedly the fortress for Melbourne, and knock them off by more uh, thirteen plus. I, I wouldn't have picked that if you asked me that last week. No, you wouldn't, and. I thought the same thing as I as I was checking my score during speeches last night. And we've got to remember that Cam Munster wasn't there. No. 
you could tell he was missing, couldn't you? Like you could. Tyron Wishart was ordinary, but again, we're we're expecting this guy to be Cam Munster. Sorry, he's not. Like, no. yeah, you're going to see there's going to be a big hole in uh, the the Melbourne offense, and and we saw that you know Jerome Hughes was great. He scored uh, what was it? Uh, where was it? Ninety one. He scored ninety one. Harry Grant. Harry Grant scored seventy six. Nelson Asofa Solomona seventy five. Uh, Elias Akatawa ninety. So there, there's some great things to take from this game, super coach wise. But as a Melbourne Storm fan, you've got to be very concerned. I'll tell you what you're not concerned about, though, is Jacob Karaz. 145 he scored with 51 in points, nine tackle breaks, three offloads, 40 points in runs and two tries. And he scored 51 in a very, very bad losing team last week. Uh, He's almost the form center wing of the competition this year so far. Yeah, look. Tremendous. Some of those tries, they kept going to him as well. Are you looking at him? Yeah, I am. I am. Unfortunately, because I really don't want to have to pick up a 540k center wing. I was really looking for that 300 to 370 kind of option. I was hoping one of Hammer or somebody would come into play. And I know Hammer does, but goodness me, can you really avoid a guy that's just scored you 200 points in two weeks in a bad team Uh, and a lot of base stats? I had a phone call from a mate and it was a bit tongue in cheek, but he said, how do you do a, do a podcast about super coach? And you haven't mentioned his name once. And I was like, well, he was a cheapie last year. He was one of these guys that we were getting to make money. And you sort of forget that they can just keep progressing. Like, like you said with Ezra man, it's Ezra man. It's not looking like the second year syndrome. We could have some genuine stars um, in their second year right here. 100% 100% we could. Uh, mate, Karaz is a serious option. I'm even looking at a guy like Nofaluma down to him or even Toto down to him. Um, there's a couple of really nice options. I might even downgrade two center wings this week. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. I, I honestly don't know, but Karaz and Hammer could be in my team this week for Toto and Nofaluma. Um, yep. So, mate, panic stations in Melbourne, though. Uh, Bellyache was not happy at halftime, and it didn't even seem like his halftime rant um, picked him up because they just got throttled. If you take your two best players out of your team, though, and the Bulldogs obviously had a bit to prove because they were awful week one, and they pulled it together, you've sort of got to expect to lose some middling games, and that's what we were talking about when we spoke about will Cam Munster get moved back to fullback if they if they lose a few games, and now they've lost that option as well. I don't really know what they do except um, get out there and try your best, boys, because their two best players are out. Their two highest paid players are out too. It's not like you can, you know, it's not like your blokes like Christian Welch and Josh King are going to win you a game. Your blokes that win you games are out. It could be some middling times for the for the Storm. Could be. Could be. Elias Akatawa was good though. He's a perfect mid-range 2RF option at the moment. With the Dis- disallowed tries too. Disallowed tries yeah. too. Like it could have been more. He had three line breaks in that game. So very promising signs for Katoa. I'll tell you what, also promising signs for Jacob Preston, who started at lock. Uh, 76 minutes he played for 83 points with a try. Uh, if you don't have him right, is he a really good option for you this week at 200K? Yep. Who would yep. you go down if- to uh, from... If you if you had somebody like, let's say a bench option two thirty k or whatever it 
would be in the two two RF range, who would you be looking you, to downgrade to? If you had Matt Dory, if you had if you started with Ray Stone, you could probably Brain go Willie Army. Yeah, Willie Army. Yeah, that'd that'd be easy. Do you have Jacob Preston? I do. I started with him. I, yeah. I made that trade mid first round, actually. I got really lucky with that one, but um I'm very happy with it. Because he'll he'll Me have too. a couple of price rises in him now that he's got that eighty in round two, so you'll probably see maybe a hundred hundred and fifty k out of Preston in the first two three weeks, which this is beautiful. That's exactly what you want. This this was completely random. Him starting at lock two, it was a last minute change, and yeah, for two hundred k, a bloke that had eighty. How good? Big How good? Uh, Reed Marnie, eighty nine, Avarillo, ninety. Um, I'd be worried if I was Hayes. I'd be worried if I was a fullback because Avarillo could shift back there at some stage. What do you think? I mean, Hayes, Hayes Perham got 67, didn't he? So, I mean, I wouldn't be overly worried. He was okay. He did his job. Um, I, I feel like they want Avarillo in the centres long term when Stephen Crichton comes next year. So I'm not overly concerned or worried about that. But in saying that, yeah, for sure, he, he's been great. Jacob uh, Avarillo has been fantastic. So... Uh, putting some pressure on, which is exactly what you want from your young players in in positions like centre. You want them to put pressure on the fullback and the wings. So, yep. mate, the busts, Franklin Pele, 21. Um, you, if you've got Pele, you've got to move him, don't you? You have to. You have to. He did, get upgraded. He, did, he did get upgraded to 26, though, and I know it's not a lot, but he's covering the break even. If you have... Ponger or somebody that you really need to move this week, you can just wait another week and see if somebody else pops up. But the perfect thing is probably Shaq, you know, Pele to Shaq Mitchell there in the front row forwards. Yeah. That's I, that's what I, I would do. With Pele being only 214K or whatever it is, he's not going to lose much cash. He actually can't really lose any more than, he, than he's owned. So uh, I'm not overly concerned. If you've got him now and you held him for another week, I think he's probably the least of your issues. He's probably one of those guys that you just go, yep, you know what? You can just plod on my bench for a little bit. I've got bigger problems. Um, yeah. I'll tell you who you don't have bigger problems about, though, is Matty Burton. Uh, he got 29 this week. And it was sub-20 last week, I think. You're, mate, if you got Burton now, you need to bail on him pretty much ASAP. And I actually put in here Dewey and Ponga. Uh, but obviously Ponga, probably depending on how that looks next week, he's probably going to miss uh, miss a week depending on how concussion protocols go. Didn't look good. Um, but and, and also Dewey then flopped, didn't he? This afternoon he got 40. I mean, we call Dewey uh, and 40 a flop, but, I mean, we're pretty harsh critics. Uh, we're expecting a lot more than that. But, I mean, are there any other 5-8 options that you would basically go Burton down or up to? Honestly, I would only be looking to go down, and it's Katoa and Schuster for me. Um, Schuster will be back next week. Um, Katoa, yeah, he's rolling out 45s. Probably wouldn't play either of them. I would probably sort of just fade that second spot. And But you've got to move Burton this week. You are going to lose a ton of cash on Burton. Murray Smith on YouTube has said he played Cheese, Ford, Ponga, Boyd, and Captain Dewey this week, and he's also got Nelson Asofa Solomona out. So his his season's in tatters after round two, mate. That that's brutal. I got a I got a feel for you, Muzz. That's no. If good. you've got, sorry, Murray. If you have Burton, then you have to keep him after that. <laughs> you got bigger <laughs> problems. Brutal. That is brutal. I tell you what, though, Remus Smith still stinks, doesn't he? I've said yeah, it week in, week up. out. 
Still ordinary. Um, who doesn't, though? Um, with Josh King and, and Christian Welch, sort of this is what I expected from Josh King and sort of come back to earth. Um, a few people went early on him, and he's going to have that 100 in his rolling average, so you're probably still happy with it. Christian Welch, I'm still happy with a 52 at, at where he's priced it at 46 in a losing team. Um, Will Warbrick, I'm happy at 36 as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I think Wishart with 37, if you went on him, you know, you sort of, he's been in the league enough for us to sort of know this is what he is. Paul Alamotti as well is worth mentioning. Everybody probably has him 48, 20, 20 runs at 190 meters, 90 post-contact meters in 20 runs. That's pretty impressive for a, for a center. Um, so you hold on to him for an, for another few weeks for I, sure. I called him a bottom dollar Talakai at work this week, and uh, yeah, he looked like it. He looked better than him. So he looked way better than Talakai, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, let's move on to Sunday four pm, and the game I don't want to talk about is the Tigers and the Knights. Now the Knights do you, do obviously. You need, beat do you need? Are you tearing up? Do you want? I've me got to PTSD. Take... <laughs> I've got PTSD from this game. Fourteen twelve, the Knights beat the Tigers, and it was. Honestly, we said this before this game, before we hopped on live, but this was the worst NRL performance that I've ever seen from an NRL team. And this isn't me just over-exaggerating because you said this. These were your words, not mine. This was a shambles. I don't think I've seen a game like this from an NRL professional football team that has been as bad as this. Now, let's not – we won't get carried away with how bad the Tigers were, but I think there are some talking points in terms of NRL Supercoach because a lot of people, Captain Dewey, or not a lot, uh, probably 6%, I think it was in the end that Captain Dewey for his 40-odd, I think it was, 43, I think he finished with, I and thought, that's pre-updates. I genuinely thought that was a safe option this week. Me too. And, I mean, look, let's face it. The Tigers were the worst team in the comp this week by far. And a super coach, a super league team could have came in and beat them this week. And do we still ended up with 43? So, I mean, we look at how bad Burton was the last two weeks. He scored 43 points in two weeks. So it's really not that bad. But when you're looking at an 89 from last week from Dewey in a bad team, you probably thought you were going to get 60 or 70. You're probably expecting 60 or 70 from Dewey in a bad team. And then obviously the upside if the Tigers played well, but they didn't. So. Very disappointing, but I'll tell you what, there was some plenty of promising signs coming from Stefano uh, Utuikamanu, who got 66 in the front row at 320k or whatever it is that you've got him for. So very happy with that. I actually had the reserve armband on him this week, so I'm oh, uh, not well upset at all. Yeah, 59 minutes as well. Pretty good minutes for Stefano. Yeah, perfect. If you didn't play him, do you grab him? Yep. He's... He did did enough. He's a front row forward. He is a guy that you're buying for 300K that has the upside to bang out a 60. There's no one else relevant for the Tigers here that we're going to talk through really that you're going to look at. You're not looking at Luke Brooks. You're not looking at uh, Kapoa. So Dom Young, 91. Gagai, 73. Fitzgibbon, 64. Uh, probably not looking at any of those guys either. Uh, but Fitzgibbon just seems to find the trial line every single week, doesn't he? He does. That was his 100th game too. Um Congratulations to him, but yeah, look, he just keeps finding that, finding that try line. He look, he looks good out there. He is a very try dependent bloke that doesn't really have a fantastic base. He's not someone I'm looking at, uh, but maybe for your drafts or something, if you run or roll the dice, you could add Fitzgibbon. So, 
I'm sure Fitzgibbon's not on waivers. Can't be, can he? <laughs> uh, but you never, you never know. Um, the mate, the bus from this game, Nofaluma 30, Bradman Best 35, Charlie Staines 32. In saying that, Staines was good when he moved to fullback because they moved, they made a switch there where um, Laurie went to the wing and Staines moved to fullback. So Staines actually looked much more damaging than Dane Laurie. I went and said halfway through the Tigers game that Dane Laurie is the worst fullback in the competition. And I may have said that with a bit of emotion as a Tiger supporter, but Dane Laurie was absolutely incredibly bad tonight. Yep. And I'm glad I'm not just watching a different game because it seems like if you're thinking the same thing, he he was terrible, just really bad positioning, terrible defense, uh, just never seemed to get it right on offense either. Uh, he wasn't trailing the ball runners in the middle of the field. Did you notice that? The, like the, the many opportunities where there was an offload in the middle of the field and Dane Laurie was nowhere to be seen. Tedesco would have been all over that. He was he was so bad I wouldn't be surprised to see Charlie Stain start fullback. They have just lost against the Knights and the Titans. Put that into perspective. People were talking about the Tigers draw being good to start and they're they're are one too. Stinking. Stinking it up. So, and I took Nofaluma thinking that we had a good draw. Mate, everybody else has a good draw against us. So yep. it's, not, uh, papped, it's not good. I papped 35. That's, yeah, that's worrying. Let me tell you, right? Would you see IPAP getting 35 last year for Parramatta? You wouldn't. No, never. A bad score for IPAP would have been 50. So it's not it's not good at all, mate. Clemmer 39. When's the last time Clemmer ever scored 39 for a team in Supercoach? It's just a lot of concerns for the Tigers at the moment that they need to sort out. A lot of issues there. Dewey, 43. Daniel Saifidi, 45. I'd probably call that a bust. You're not really wanting 45s. That's what he's priced at. Uh, And Dane Laurie, 44, stunk the place up. So um, I I said here the Tigers were awful and not even a reserve grade standard. That's pretty accurate. We we haven't talked about the elephant in the room, that Kalen Ponger is very well owned. And I think I have to trade him. Yeah, I thought I'd leave that one to you, unfortunately, as an owner. Uh, look, if you've got Kalen Ponga, there's very, very big concerns there that he has a few weeks off. Based on the fact that he didn't see out the year last year, this is his fourth concussion, ruled out of concussion game in the last 10 months and the seventh time that he has had an HIA check in the last season and a bit. Um, I, I, honestly, I hope he's okay. Because we know how crippling this stuff can be um, long-term. Yep. So I really hope he's all right as a, as a human being. As a football player, I know there's got to be concerns there around around Kalen and, and hopefully he can get back on the field very soon. But if you hopefully own him, you've got to trade him. Yeah, that's – like I was getting spicy with like, do I go down with Cleary and, um, you know, do I have the money for, for Harry Grant? And all these exciting trade options, but I've just got to find a replacement for Kalen Ponga this week. And had he got fifty, I would have went went over a thousand and had a had a banger of a week. Um, but it sort of didn't didn't worry the Knights. Uh, Jacob Sofidi is one that could be out for longer than Kalen Ponga. That looked really bad. It wasn't good. <laughs> that was not good, was it? Um... I'd say he's going to see a few weeks on the sideline, Jacob Safidi. But, um, yeah, it's uh, Jacob uh, – sorry, uh, the hooker, Tigers hooker. Who am I missing? What's his name? <laughs> I Simkin. don't pay enough attention. Simkin. Yeah, Simkin, yes. Simkin. He, uh, yeah, he got he got flattened by that high tackle from Jacob Safidi. So, yeah, no good. Hopefully he's all right too. 
Um, but, mate, not much else positive to take from this Knights and Tigers game. So let's move on to the Sunday game, the one that we got wrong again, um, the Dragons and the Titans. Um, mate, the Dragons have knocked off the Titans 32-18 to 18 at home. Um, Benny Hunt, 85. Ravalawa, 83. Laurie, 80. Little, 73. Sloan, 70. Mate, as a, for anybody who took the punt on Sloan, Tyrell Sloan, you'd be stoked with a 70, wouldn't you, considering there was a lot of conjecture around how he's going to be any good this year at all. He looked really good too. Pass the eye test for sure. Had a lot of time to practice there. Um, looked really good. You'd be super, super happy. I'm not looking at him this week, but it could be a genuine option if he bangs out of 55 in base next week. Yeah, could be a hammer situation where he goes another 70 next week and you're looking at him in around four or five or whatever it is. Um, so I'd, I'd be sucking it is, that. It is really important that we just have a look at him again for another week, though. Uh, there's no real merit in in going early. No. Um, you, when you've got your hammers and when you've got your downgrade options like hammer, of course you're going to take a safer option there than Tyrell Sloan. Uh, let's have another look. That's what I did with hammer last week, and he impressed me. So, um, yeah, he's, he's going to be in this week. Um, Benny Hunt did what Benny Hunt can do out there. Doesn't always have the most super coach friendly game, but when you're, you know, when you've got the ball on a string like him, um, yeah, 85 is, is pretty imminent and could get up dates too, I think. Um, We're talking about the guy that was second in Dally M votes last year. Like he's, he's a good player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really good. So yeah. Full credit to him. Quality. I'll tell you who a guy that we got a lot of questions about through the week, Matty is uh, Tino Faso Mali Awi. 108 this week. Everyone was panicking last week about his 40 or whatever it was that he got. And um, he repaid owners. Anybody who uh, repaid the faith in him, he repaid the faith right back with 108. So uh, that's the perfect example of someone that you know you're paying for quality and you know that you've got a quality player there. You just hold tight. You know that he's going to get you those hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Just looked looked really good. Looked the leader out on the park. Just disappointing from a Titan standpoint. And maybe... We maybe we thought that the, the Tigers were better than they were, and that we thought the Titans would were better because of that win. Um, but the Dragons looked looked really good. Yeah, we were saying this about the uh, Dolphins last week, weren't we? The two teams that we bashed the most, and they're actually coming first and second this this year. So we've really got those right, haven't we? Yeah, um, a lot of people would have would have been making making similar similar choices there. But um, did you watch the last thirty seven seconds? Of this game, no. I didn't watch the whole yeah. game. I went yes. back and watched a real quick replay before we hopped on. So David Fafita was on 48. There was like five seconds to go. He's went and made a tackle bust, ran around, went and kicked it from about 40 out and forced an in goal and uh, and finished on early 60s. That good. That's that's what you get from a Fafita, though. That's what you get with David Fafita. I keep telling you guys, like, you, honestly, one player game and he'll get you 50 points. So that's why you own this guy is because he can that be he can be that good. He's sixty one, sixty one points on his dick, doing nothing. So yeah, just get Fafita in your team. The busts, <laughs> yeah, the busts, yeah. the busts are uh, Tanner Boyd at twenty five, and we've got a few questions in the chat here because I wanted to leave this one to last. Tanner Boyd twenty five points, big concerns around Tanner Boyd. What are you doing with him this week? I know that you've got some other probably uh, bigger issues in your team, but is Tanner Boyd someone you're looking at as a downgrade or a move out of your team? I really want to get rid of him, but I 
I'm not sure I can. I think if you've got cheese, that's a bigger concern. I think if you've got ponga, that's a bigger concern. And I am the one person in the world that has stags as an issue as well. Um, so let me ask you this. If you have or you don't have those options you just mentioned and you can move Tanner Boyd and Tanner Boyd someone, you go, yep, you know what, didn't work out, who are you going to? Probably 384K. Wade Egan. I'm probably 100K upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just middling. I'm like, you would love to be able to go to Harry Grant or something, but you'd probably have to, you, you would obviously have to burn two trades. I don't mind the idea because I'm presuming, like, you could have another issue like, like Ponga or Burton, and then you're going down to somebody like Katoa and Schuster and freeing up the cash to, to upgrade Tanner. I don't think there is a sideways move, Tanner being that awkward price. I think you've just got to find the money to upgrade. Those poor people that have Cheese and Tanner at Hooker, uh, they're in a world of hurt this week. Hello, that's me. You're in a oh, – that's you. You are in a world <laughs> of hurt. Yep, I'm just going to enjoy myself, you know. Um, no, no, Tanner, so Tanner Boyd's the least of my issues. I'm just going to leave him as a reserve hooker and uh, I'm going to move Cheese this week. I'm probably going to move him to Wade Egan. Uh, but depending on what I can do with the other two trades I've got, because I'm considering getting Karaz and I'm also considering getting Hammer, uh, I might be able to have enough cash to go to Harry Grant. So that that would be fantastic. That would be the ideal situation. And I'll tell you what, Reed Marnie hasn't been bad either. Um, so he could be a good option there. If you don't want to go to Harry Grant, he could be a great option at about that mid-price 600, 650. Um, and it could be that stepping stone. I'm still hoping that Reese Robson is that stepping stone to Harry Grant for me. Um, but Reed Money has really impressed in rocks and diamonds conditions too. Um, yeah. You know, put on, put on points in a loss. Look, the best player on the park in the loss. And, yeah, and capitalized on a good win today. So Big time. Uh, Reed Marnie. I think the Whisperer or somebody shouted out that Reed Marnie was going to outscore Robson or someone, and I thought it was ludicrous. But hey, he's looking really good. So, so far, so good for him. Um, mate, Q and A. We've kind of covered the questions as we've gone through, and we're at about hour twenty now. We've been um, chewing everyone's ear off, so we'll put we'll push through. But mate, what are your trade thoughts this week? What are you What are you thinking at the moment? Who's out? Who's in? So, I'm worried about Ponga. Cheese, Stags, and Tanner. I think I can see Stags straight down to Hammer. Um, and then I'm just going to have a play with the money. I am looking at maybe downgrading Ponga to either Schuster or Katoa, uh, which I've mentioned that I recommend doing, which will free up some cash that will maybe get me Tanner Boyd with a real up upgrade up there. If I can't find that money to upgrade, I will probably maybe slide across, I don't know, to somebody similar sort of money as as cheese and just float in there. Um, what are you looking at doing? I think I mentioned it, but I, I, I think cheese and Toto are definitely out. Wade Egan and Karaz seem to be the options at the moment. And that doesn't really free up too much cash for me, but I think the third option might be Nofaluma down to Hammer. So I think if I'm, yep. I'm definitely boosting this week and I want to boost, um, I was very tempted to go a trade as a free up of cash this week. Um, and that would have been Toto down to CNK. So I actually dodged a bullet there. Um, but I think Toto, Cheese and Nofaluma come out. And at the moment it's Egan, Karaz and Hamiso 
come in. So that's me at the moment. We'll see how that goes through the week. I might change my mind 300 times like I normally do, but you never know. I'll, I'll obviously update everybody as will you on our Twitter. Um, so we'll keep everybody up to date. If everybody follows us on Twitter, you can see that on YouTube underneath or Twitch or Facebook or wherever you're watching us. Um, and obviously our group code is dead set underneath. Uh, if you want to jump into the group code, you want to win a championship ring, you want to jump on the podcast and have a chat about how good you are and how you're better than us, you can definitely do that at the end of the season. So jump into that unlimited group while you can because we'll be shutting off entry to that in the next two weeks. So be very quick. Mate, that's it. We've uh, we've touched on round two. Guys, this is the biggest and the most important round of the year. Um, I think round three, getting your cheapies right, getting those downgrade or upgrade options right, coming into where our teams and our players change prices for the first time. So you've got to get that right. Hopefully you've taken in some of the stuff we've talking about, some of the mistakes we've made. Don't make those. Um, but obviously moving into Teamless Tuesday, we'll see you on Tuesday night, guys. We And before we wrap up, thanks for the support. We really appreciate it. You know, everybody's been getting around us on YouTube, on Twitch on Facebook, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, everywhere that you see this uh, this podcast, everybody's been really supportive. Dropping the likes, the subscribes, the comments, um, it's been fantastic, and we really appreciate it. Should keep that up, and and obviously the more subs we get, the more and the longer we can continue to do this. So let's keep that up. Um, but otherwise, we will see you on Tuesday night to talk about all things teamless for round three. Pretty big episode. Uh, we'll be usually going live between maybe 8.30 and 9.30, depending on timing when Maddie's got balls. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll keep uh, you up to date. But otherwise, guys, you've been listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast, and we will see you on Tuesday night. Catch you later. Cheerio.